up, everybody, and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm J Hood. Cap is off today. Open phone lines for you as always, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Hope that you're going to have a great Friday and a great weekend. Still to come on Cap and J Hood, we'll hear from Kendall Gill. From NBC Sports Chicago, the NBA veteran will stop by and give his thoughts about the first half of the season for the Chicago Bulls. Also, we got our Friday folder. Got to crack that thing open. I feel like I've done a good job of getting through most of the topics, most of them. This Friday folder should not be stuffed. Right? I mean, I, th- I think we've gotten through every, almost everything. Is this, there's still stuff on the That's what you think, pal. There's still this, more? This folder's bursting at the seams. thought I had a good week. We got no chance of getting through all of it. Thought I had a good week. You've had a great week, but yeah. that's besides the point. This folder, man. Wow. Okay. Still, still stuff we didn't get to. All right. We'll do that at, at uh, nine thirty-five. Also, the weekend weather with uh, Tracy Butler from uh, ABC Seven Eyewitness News. She's going to be with us at nine fifty right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. All right. Before we hear from Kendall Gill. I'd like to remind you that I have an NBA podcast. It's Fast Break. It's available now on the ESPN Chicago app. Just scroll down, find Fast Break. You're right in there with weekly commentary about the Bulls and the NBA. And I want to talk to you about a team right now that's on the outside looking in of the top 10 of the East. And that is the Chicago Bulls. After a loss against the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bulls are 26-33 and on the season. They are 500 in conference, but again, they are the 11th place team in the East here at the All-Star break. And water's wet. We cannot be overly surprised at where the Bulls are in the standings based on how they have played against what I considered at the time inferior competition. Inferior competition like the Charlotte Hornets or like the Orlando Magic or against the Detroit Pistons and not not playing them well or the Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder. Watching this Bulls team has been a chore because the head scratcher for many around the league, not just in Chicago, but around the league is, is that why are the Bulls underachieving? If you give me a team with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan uh, and Vucevic, and you have Billy Donovan as the head coach, you should be able to be one of the better teams. Not the best, but one of the better teams in the East. But that's not the case. And the reason why is because you can't really look at this regime and the previous regime and say, oh, that's different. Yeah, I mean, the names have changed, but the chair is the same, and also the philosophy is the same. Garn packs. And we have with Eversley and Karnaschovas. What's really the difference beside the names changing? The underachievement is the same. We talked so much about the guard packs and how this should be better and the team should be better. And finally, packs steps away, guards let go. And we said, oh, great, something new, something fresh over there on the west side. And what we have is silence, specifically from Eversley. I have not heard him speak in a long time. Karnaschovas came out because he had to come out at the uh, trade deadline to say, we did nothing, we saw nothing, and just enjoy Bulls basketball for what it is. Billy Donovan is left to twist in the wind every night trying to answer questions like, what's going on? What's going on with this team? And Casey Johnson asks, Obviously health will improve your chances to win down the stretch. Is your focus still on, on making the playoffs like Arturis said? Yeah, I mean that's the that's 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 the goal. I mean the the goal is for us to be playing, 
you know, I think better basketball, we've had moments we've played well. You know, the unfortunate part, I think, for us is a lot maybe different than a year ago was we really, in certain times, especially after the All-Star break, there were some games we really lost by a large margin, you know, and then even in some of the against the better teams. So, you know, all these games we were, um, you know, really – We've been in all of them. You know what I mean? We've had our chances. There, there's no question about that. And we've got to find a way to maybe close close better than we have. But, uh, you know, I still got a lot of belief in the group because of who they are. Um, you know, we've just got to try to find ways to get better and address the things that we need to improve upon as a team. Yeah, because this is the team that you're dealt with. You know, like, it didn't change. That We continue to report that Westbrook is on the, the market and he could be a Chicago Bull. But what does that do for the Chicago Bulls, really? Outside of seeing someone that is a wild mare who is trying to win games but kind of hurts himself sometimes with his outside shooting. Russell Westbrook does not make the Bulls better. You know what makes the Bulls better is a lead guard and also better shooting from the outside. Bulls somehow found a way to put up 10 threes, 10 for 32 against the Bucks last night. But what I'm telling you is, is that with this team, the way it is, I put this right at the feet of Carter Chauvis and Eversley. Because if you looked at last year and said, okay, that's a start for us. We got to the playoffs. We had the gentleman sweep. Cool. But then the, this season, it looks like the Bulls may not make the playoffs. Got White Sox vibes, doesn't it? The White Sox vibes of getting to the playoffs barely and then getting bounced out. What about this year? What about this year? The Bulls get to the playoffs and may not even be in the top 10, may not even make the play-in game based on how they performed. And so when we start to see the Bulls and how they play, especially, uh, one, defensively, and two, the way they're shooting the ball from the outside, uh, it's no wonder that they're 11th in the Eastern Conference. Losing against the Bucks, you're going to do that. Losing against the Pacers, losing against the Magic, losing against the Cavs, losing against the Nets. A Nets team that didn't even know what team they are going to put together in Brooklyn. This is after the deadline. They lose 116-105. Losing against the Grizzlies, one of the top teams in the West. But here's my point. We're watching a team that's dead man walking. That's what we're looking at right now with this Bulls team. They're dead man walking. And for those of you that get on my social media and say, Hood, it's time for Billy Donovan to go. Billy Donovan, if he was fired today, would have a job tomorrow because Billy Donovan is a good coach. He is. But just like any coach, any coach just can't turn around a franchise that's not willing to be able to conform with the coaching staff says and to shoot as poorly as they do. And number three, the thing I said from the beginning and I got ridiculed for the thing I said at the beginning, Billy Donovan's teams don't guard well enough. They don't. It starts with defense first. You say, well, no one plays defense in the league. No, here's what the NBA is. The NBA plays defense when they have to to close out quarters, when they know the game's on the line. You're not going to get 48 minutes of hell from any team in the NBA. You haven't seen that in decades. And so you're not getting that from the Chicago Bulls, but you're not getting any resistance at the basket from Zach Levine. This idea that he's a great on-the-ball Defender, no. When you secure the bag, you have to be one of the best two-way players in the league. And that's not what Zach Levine is. I said at the time to Cap, and Cap and I kept going back and forth on it. I said, if you're going to sign him, just understand. Make sure that knee is good. Make sure that knee is, is good and ready to go and that he can be a difference maker for this Bulls team. He's a guy. Go to the ringer, ringer.com. 
they went through the top, I believe it's top 100 players, and they keep updating it. Jokic is on the top, and rightfully so. Giannis is right there, and it keeps changing. But you know what doesn't change? Is that DeMar DeRozan is a top 30 player. I think he's at 25 last time I saw it. And Levine, you got to keep scrolling through your computer to find where Levine is. DeRozan is higher on their poll than Zach Levine. But ultimately, both players are good, but there's a disconnect between the two. They're not working well together. And so if this Bulls team does not make the playoffs, then I will be disappointed because I said they're going to make another step. That's what I expected. And now we're we're not seeing that. And keep in mind, Cap and I are not going to be reviewing this every day because if the Bulls can't get out of their own way, they don't deserve it. They They don't deserve the coverage or the criticism because they are not finding a way to win. You're looking for good basketball? Go to Evanston. That's where the best basketball is. Go to Evanston. Watch the Wildcats. So there's that with the Bulls. And we're going to hear from Kendall Gill more on the Bulls in the NBA coming up. But, Shay, here we go with uh, All-Star Weekend. And, by the way, poor marketing on the part of the NBA. Did you see the initial billboards? Hey, All-Star Weekend 2023, SL-UT. It's in Salt Lake City, Utah. But for brevity, because this is the world of acronyms now, make all words and all phrases shorter, they went with SL-UT. Folks, that spells slut. That's what that is. Salt Lake City, Utah, when you put it that way, because we got to be cool and hip, and we got to be able to do... Slut is what they came up with. And then, of course, they modified that when they said, hey, that looks like slut. It's because it is. I'll give you something, Shane, because we're working together, uh, and we're learning each other as far as what our hot buttons are when it comes to sports. I've said this for a decade, and I will continue to say it. The NBA has to realize that the main event in basketball today is a three-point contest. It just is. Everyone's trying to shoot threes. Centers, forwards, coaches, everyone's trying to shoot threes. It's threes and layups. You can't have a layup contest because that would be dull. The slam dunk competition either has to be moved to Friday or it has to be in the middle or the beginning of All-Star Saturday. And look at the names. Shay, I don't even have it in front of me. Who's in the slam dunk contest? Who is? It's uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Uh, Mac McClung. Uh-huh. Uh, and a big comeback story there if you've paid any attention, which I'm sure most of you are going, who? Trey Murphy the third of the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. And Jericho Sims of the New York Knicks. <laughs> Those four players this season combined for fewer than 100 starts. <laughs> You know I cover the league, right? You know this. Yeah, oh well, yeah. You know I cover the league. You know I do radio radio shows for Sirius XM NBA radio, right? Yeah. I don't know two of those guys. <laughs> I cover the league. Well, Mac McClung's getting these big ESPN features now because it's apparently this huge comeback story. Everybody's very happy for him. I've never heard his name before in my life. And Jericho Sims, like at least, all right, Kenya Martin Jr. Yes. And, and uh, Trey... Uh, uh, Troy Murphy? Troy Murphy. Trey no, no, Murphy the third. Troy Murphy from Notre Dame? Like, I can't even think of the names. <laughs> At least those two actually play in games for the teams that they're on. Mac McClung, nobody's ever heard of, but they're going to bill him as some comeback kid because I guess he got hurt and now he's made a return to the G League something. And now Jericho Sims. Huh? Now, see, if it's me and I'm on, if I'm in Salt Lake City, after the three-point competition, I'm leaving. I'm getting my coat and I'm out of there. 
Back to the hotel. It's Salt Lake, so it's not a lot of place to go. Back to the hotel. Because, uh, again, they get this wrong every year. The slam dunk competition cannot be the ending of All-Star Saturday night because there's no stars there. If it's there to be, it's an all-star game. Do you hear what I said? All-star. How many stars in the slam dunk competition? How many stars have we seen in the slam dunk competition for the last five years? I mean, actual stars. See, that's my point. Zero. And the perfect example, because the three-point contest, you've got Dame. You've got Jason Tatum. You've got Kevin Herter, who I get it. Yeah. But you've got Tyler Harrow, Tyrese Halliburton, one of the most exciting young players in the league. Buddy Heald, who's electric from three-point range. Julius Randle, who's a top-10 MVP vote-getter this year, finalist this year. Uh, and Lowry Markkinen, who's been this oh, resurgent yeah. guy in Utah. And then you look at even the skills contest. Giannis is in the skills contest. I, like, See? Then you go to the dunk contest, and it's four guys who you couldn't pick out of a phone book if you asked any fan on the street. Honestly, what are we doing with this? That's why that should not be last. That should be first. At, at the worst, in the middle. Seriously. You don't feature them. If I don't care what city it's in. Like, oh, who won the three-point competition? All right, cool. We're out. Should they replace it? Yeah, like, like with and one dudes. Yeah. Like, like, like street dudes. Dudes from New York. The best of, of New York, Chicago, L.A. Professional dunkers. There's uh, a lot of them out here. Uh, Oakland. Yeah, I would rather see the Harlem Globetrotters go out and do a dunk contest than Mac McClung of the Delaware Bluecoats. I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. If you have played most of your time this season with the Delaware Bluecoats, get out of my dunk contest. See? What am I going to watch that for? Nothing. That tradition. Tradition be damned. Change it, NBA. Coming up, we hear from Kendall Gill, getting his thoughts about the Bulls and the NBA. That's coming up next, Friday Folder at 935, Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Cap and Jay Hood morning show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Jay Hood with you. Cap is off today. We will have the Friday folder coming up at 935. Also, check in with the weekend weather with Tracy Butler at 950. We turn now to NBC Sports Chicago. Illini great NBA veteran Kendall Gills with us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X man. Kendall, Jay Hood, how you doing, man? All right, dude. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, I know everywhere you go, people are asking you, Kendall, what's up with the Bulls? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and here we are, right? And, and, like, if the playoffs start today, they would not even make the play-in game. So just over the last five games, I mean, what has been the prevailing theme for the Bulls that you've seen? Well, one, um, I think there's a lot of things. Um, one, uh, we have lack of a quarterback uh, to run the show. On the team, uh, I think that that's why they're they're looking um, or talking to Westbrook um, at this present time. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball being out has really, really set the team back, in my opinion, um, because he is a pure point guard because he does provide the outside three point shooting that uh, that we we're sorely missing right now. Um, and the way that he pushes the basketball, and we missing and, and we're missing his defensive presence. 
Uh, not saying that um, Ayo Desumu can't get there. He uh, he will eventually get there, but he's young. He's, I mean, it's his second year in the league, so I don't think that he's quite ready to assume the mantle that uh, Lonzo Ball was at last year. Um, doing well in the starting lineup and everything, but you know, still there's the intangibles uh, that that are not at the point guard position right now uh, that we need. Um, secondly, we have not established we have not established the way that we. Sorry, man, I got I got people coming in and out of my house. Yeah, yeah, look at the door. We we have we have not established uh, the way that we want to play consistently. Now, when they play consistently through Vucevic, when the big three, three, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic all are 20-plus, the Bulls are almost unstoppable. But sometimes we'll – well, not sometimes, but a lot of the times we'll play well for the first three quarters, then totally forget about what got us in the in, in the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh that's the second thing. The third thing, I think that DeMar right now over this five-game skid is hurt. You know, he's, he's, he's had a hip problem, uh, has battled through injury um, for maybe 15, 16 games now. And, 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 and now uh, you're seeing uh, what, what he's been battling through because he's not the same. Uh, you know, he, he's had, I think over the last five games, he's only averaged like 18 points a game. This is a guy that averages about 26, 27 points a game. So, you know, when when you got your leading score hurt and when you have throwing all the rest of these things, then it doesn't make good for for a productive season, and that's what it is. So, Kendall, um, the the feeling is is that uh, Demar Derozan and Zach Levine don't work. And my answer to that always is, if Lonzo was there, it would work. Is that statement true? That's totally true. If Lonzo, like I said, Lonzo is the quarterback to the whole thing. He runs the show. And when you don't have a guy say, well, like I played with Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. He ran the show. I played with Sherman Douglas. There's a reason why they called him the general because he ran the show. And that's exactly what Lonzo Ball does for this basketball team. And, you know, I, and David, this, I'm, I'm not just saying this just now. Go back to last year uh, when they first started. I said Lonzo Ball is the key to the whole thing. Okay, if if Lonzo Ball is so, if as, as Lonzo Ball goes, so go the Chicago Bulls, and you know we're seeing it right now. I mean, I mean, without them, though, there needs to be an answer. I mean, all I'm telling, yeah. I, 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 what I would tell you is, is that when we look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, and we see the top teams in the East, I mean, Lonzo Ball would be would help, but then look at the upper echelon of the East. Where would the Bulls be then? I mean, would they contend? Sure, but. The one thing the Bulls would not be is Boston. They wouldn't be Milwaukee. And then we start looking into the Cavs and Philly to see how the matchup would be. Well, we don't. We really don't know that because if you look at the first half of the season last year, we we, we led the East. You know, and with one more year uh, with these guys, one more year of familiarity, now I think that the team gets better. You look at Kevin Durant's press conference last night in uh, Phoenix when he said the only reason why they couldn't do big things in Brooklyn is because he, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving were only on the, on the court for only 17 games yeah. last year total. So, you know, I'm a big believer in keeping your core together, you know, because when you start dismantling your core, trading this guy out, trading that guy out in to see if somebody else fits, then you never really know what you have. I think if the Bulls had 
Lonzo Ball. You added a shooter, which which we definitely need. Uh, we need a three point. We need a guy that can knock down three point shots consistently because we that is our weakness. I mean, that just, you can see that each and every game. Um, if we had those two things, I think we're right in contention with everybody in the Eastern Conference. Kendall, here's a question that no one's ever asked you. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If I've been it, asked a lot of things, man. Yeah, but you never been asked this. I know for okay. sure. I'm pretty. I'm right. pretty, pretty confident. <laughs> okay, Kendall Gill. If you had a chance to be to force your way out of a team, which team would you have gone to? You've seen this in the league, right? I mean, it's like Kyrie wants to be up, KD wants to be up. Jay, James Harden does it all the time. He does it for sports. Yeah. So in your era, what team did you look at and say, "Yeah, you know what? I'd like to play for them instead." Uh, well, you know, I had my opportunity to go uh, with the Lakers, but uh, I don't know if I ever told you the story. The, the the Lakers. I was at the press. I was at the press. Uh, I was in in L.A. about to go to the press conference, and Mitch Kupchak and Kurt Rambis were downstairs. So I go to the elevator to um, go downstairs, but I forget my cell phone in my hotel room. I go to the I go to I go back in, in to retrieve my uh, cell phone from the hotel room. As soon as I pick it up, Lewis Katz, the owner of the New Jersey Nets, says, "Listen, Kendall, don't go to the press conference. We're prepared to offer you seven million dollars for one year." Ooh. So the, the the Los Angeles Lakers, I had already agreed with Los Angeles Lakers in principle to go to the LA Lakers for two years, five and a half million dollars. So. Uh, if you can imagine how I felt at that point, my dream was to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. I would have, I would have teamed up with uh, Shaq and Kobe and taking Glenn Rice's place Ooh. after they had won the first championship. So I probably would have won, who knows how many championships I would have won with them. But at that time, business is business. Seven million over one year is a lot more than five and a half million over two. So I had to, I had to make a business decision and go back to New Jersey. <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, you never told me that. No, I've never heard you hey, say listen, that before. Hey, listen, I still have the jersey that they gave me uh, while I was getting ready to go to the press conference. I had, to, I had Gil oh. number twelve. I couldn't wear thirteen because Wilt Chamberlain had, had had to retire, but I had twelve. I still got it downstairs <laughs> in my basement. <laughs> I've never heard that story before. That's crazy. That, hey, look, the hardest, one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make because I really wanted to be a Laker. It's All-Star Weekend, and we're talking to Kendall Gill. And by the way, you can hear uh, All-Star Saturday and the All-Star Game right here exclusively on ESPN 1000. Okay, so in the barbershop, you hear a lot of conversations about Giannis and what the Celtics could be and and be. So as good as Jokic has been with Denver, will he ever be the face of the league, especially if he wins another MVP? No, yeah, he won't be because, you know, he – Jokic is a very, very good player. I mean, two-time MVP probably will be the third, uh, get get his third MVP this year if he keeps going on the track that he's on. But, you know, I think the league looks for a more exciting player to be the face of the league. You know, Jokic is not a high flyer. You know, he does does everything great, but he doesn't. his game really doesn't excite you that much. And I think in order for uh, the league, you to be the face of the league, you have to bring some sort of, sort of excitement to the league or you have to win championships. You know, because you look at Larry Bird's game, Larry Bird did everything well, you know, but wasn't, didn't have a lot of pizzazz, but the guy just got it done and he won championships. I think if Jokic was able to win championships, then yeah, you could, you could make him the face of the league. 
Last, but you got to win first. And lastly, and we appreciate your time. So I know mm-hmm. I've, I've said this numerous times in the air how much you uh, love and appreciate the career of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to the point yes. where you, you believe that he's the very best that we've ever seen in the game, high school, college, and pro, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so overall. Yeah. What, what te- well, give us uh, some thoughts on that because I was just wondering, now that LeBron has eclipsed him, like where, how far is LeBron away from Kareem to you? Well, I, I still have LeBron as third greatest of all time. Uh, the reason why is because in order to be mentioned as the greatest of all time, I know people say that, that, that LeBron is the GOAT, and I have this conversation with my friends all the time. You have to be in the 6-5 club. The 6-5 club is six championships and at least five MVPs. There's only three players to do that. Russell, Abdul-Jabbar, and Jordan. Until you get there, you cannot be considered the greatest of all time. I don't care how many points you score. The game has changed. They've made the game easy for these guys to score. You can No hand-checking, no, no take-foul rules and everything. It's easy to score right now. As a matter of fact, Hood, you and I could go out there and average maybe 15 or 20 right now you know, <laughs> with the way that the rules are set up. But you look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career from high school, college to pro, nobody has his resume. Three national championships, three, three-time three national player of the year. If they had let him play his freshman year, he would have been four-time national champion and four-time player of the year. But I have, I have Kareem as the greatest of all time, but Michael Jordan, to me, is the greatest NBA player of all time. He'd be happy for you to say that because it's his 60th yeah, it's his birthday, birthday today. It's, yeah, it's his birthday today. But, hey, listen, you know, I, I, I'm a truth teller. I tell the truth. <laughs> Kendall, I'm glad you spent some time with us, man. Uh, looking forward to the All Star right. break and see what happens in the second half. All right, let's go, man. I'm, I'm ready to get it. All right, man. It's Kendall Gill with us here from NBC Sports Chicago and the great Flying Illini player with us here on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Got it. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. How about that? Don't worry, call the Car X Folder next on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headlines Headlines. with Cap'n J-Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The Bulls lost again to the Milwaukee Bucks 112-100 last night. They fall to 0-5 since the decision to stand pat at the trade deadline and have lost six straight. DeMar DeRozan missed action again with a hip injury that is reportedly not considered serious, but is likely to sideline him until at least after the All-Star break. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, reported yesterday that the Bulls were among the first teams to communicate with Russell Westbrook in the buyout market. Jonathan Taves of the Blackhawks continues to be away from the team with an illness ahead of the trade deadline, putting his trade stock into question. The Blackhawks play the Senators tonight in Ottawa. Tiger Woods finished strong at the Genesis Invitational yesterday, scoring birdies on each of the final three holes to finish two under par, five strokes off the lead. Jay Moore. Welcome back to Kevin J. Hood Experience. Weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Because it's Friday. It's time for the Friday Folder. And you ain't got shit to do. On the Kevin J. Hood Show. the Friday folder on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We'll cross talk with Black and Abdallah coming your way at 10 o'clock. But the Friday folder is always brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades. We're going to get through this folder quickly. You're going to, it'll be empty by the time we're done. Here's Shane Orland. Shane? 
All right. I want to start with something that we were going to put in deal breakers yesterday. And it is a woman who is 32 years old. She's a very successful lawyer. Great person. However, she has never been on a date or had a boyfriend in her life. And she's going on her first date with you. So she ends up being a v- 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 virgin, correct? Well, that's besides the point. No, that, no, no. I mean, sure, apparently, she's never been kissed. She's never been with a guy. She's never had a boyfriend. The, the question becomes, she's never had an intimate connection with another person. Would you be willing to go on a date with this person who's established in their life, mid-30s, never had an intimate connection with anybody else, and you're the first one? Hi. I'm Laura. I'm 32, and I've never been on a date, never been kissed, and I'm going on my first date tonight, and I'm freaking out about it. So let's figure out what I'm wearing. Yes, I would. Next. Yes, I would. Now, I don't know what happens after that first date, but I mean, it's dinner, right? It's just, or as they used to say, it's just lunch. That's all it is. It's a date. I don't know what's going after that, but it's a conversation. Sure, I would. Yeah, I feel like I would too, but it is like, how do you get to 32? You've never, never been kissed, I guess, but never even been on a date, never had a boy, nothing. You know, not even in school. Now, of course, there's a red flag in that because what's your background? You might have had some drama, some issues where you had some trust issues. I'd have to dig into that to find out if that's the case. But, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely, I would, could we go on a date, and then we'll see what happens from there. All right, Shay, what's next? We had a viral uh, photo of a plane during the Super Bowl. People were on a flight. Everybody's watching the Super Bowl because, you know, on planes now, the screens in the back can dial into the satellite and get you a direct feed to whatever network you want to watch, including the game. So everybody's watching the Super Bowl except for one guy who is watching the hit Will Smith movie Hitch. (laughs) Now, see, it's that guy, right? It's that guy. You're rushing to go to someone's crib to be able to get, okay, I got to get this beer. I got to get this, you know, whatever meal or whatever food for the Super Bowl party. And then there's that one guy that's walking around in your neighborhood. And you're like, hold on, man. Where are you going? Aren't you going to the Super Bowl? No, I'm just going to just walk around and just count the daisies. What? Why aren't you watching the game? That's always the weird thing. Everyone on that plane is watching the Super Bowl except that guy. He's got to be that guy. Non-sports fan. And guess what? Even in the Super Bowl, he's the, the odd one. I mean, I understand if it's a regular season game with the Bears, but everyone watches the Super Bowl for the commercials or for the halftime show. But no, he's watching Hitch, a movie he should have already seen by now. Shay. Something else we were going to discuss with Courtney Cronin. We never got the chance to do it. Um, there was the greeny debate about hot lunch. Is hot chicken actually dinner and not lunch was the question. The question it led to me having in an off-air conversation with Adam Abdallah. Why is steak and eggs breakfast? Uh, that's a great question. I've only had steak and eggs just during breakfast. I've never had that as a, as a dinner or as a lunch. Oh, that's not true. I've had it as a lunch, like a late lunch. Um, eggs, the connotation of eggs is a morning deal, right? People talk about egg whites in the morning or having eggs first, the first yeah, thing in the morning. Like, I get it because the eggs get involved. And this was Courtney's point. Once the eggs are involved, it's breakfast. To me, though, the steak is the bigger part of the meal. What and is? steak is a dinner item. That I like. I don't associate steak with breakfast. I get steak and eggs as a whole is typically associated with breakfast. That's a dinner meal to me. Steak at dinner time. Yeah. So just because you put eggs on the plate, it makes it breakfast. But steak is the highlight of the dish. Yeah, I think you could have steak uh, breakfast, uh, lunch, or dinner. 
That's why I feel. I think you could have it at all three places. It's kind of like the, the, you know, the combination of chicken and waffles. People cannot fathom having uh, chicken before 9 a.m., but it happens. As Jay Moore can tell you, this is, uh, this is a commonplace in Atlanta. You know, like chicken and waffles is a thing in the South. Roscoe. So that's, that's where you go, right? You go there and, and you go to Gladys Knights and you have yourself a nice uh, chicken and waffles. People say you can only have chicken in as for a lunch item or a dinner item. But I, I understand your point. You would not have you wouldn't have steak for breakfast. You never have that early. Correct. No, I, I mean, I probably have, like, reheated a steak for lunch. But, yeah. no, I'm not going to get up and cook a steak for breakfast. I'm not even a steak and eggs guy. I think it's a strange meal. If you're waking up, like, I would rather have something hard. If I'm going hearty, I'd rather have something like um, uh, hash browns, eggs, bacon, sure. a slice of ham. That, to me, feels more breakfast. If I'm going the sweet route, I'll take pancakes. I'll take French toast. Steak, not on my breakfast menu. Yeah. That's what confused me. When I started having this conversation with Adam, and he said the same thing. The eggs make it breakfast. Why? Yeah. They're the sidekick. That shouldn't that shouldn't be what what defines the meal. You should not have an egg past 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just telling you. Like, if you have a late breakfast, that's fine. Breakfast, But eggs should not be eaten after 2 o'clock. It's a breakfast item. Now, again, steak can go at any point, any time. What I'm telling you is that eggs is a breakfast meal. That's what it is. And, again, if it's a late lunch or an early lunch, that's fine. But that's how I look at it. Like, I would not have eggs past that time because I see that as breakfast. I do. Now, as an adult, I've learned that I don't mind having cereal at, for, for dinner. I've had that. Or for lunch, just in a pinch, I have no problem with, with cereal for dinner, Jay Moore. How do you feel about eggs on burgers? They have that now. It, it, unless it's at Oshaval, and okay. I, that's the first time I, I really had it. I think that it's okay, but it's not the, nothing I would have all the time. If it's a gourmet burger and it's got an egg on it, that's the only place I'd have that. Like if Burger King offered that, like I don't know if I... I don't know if I'd want that. Whopper, 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 egg, whopper. I don't think I would have that there. I would not get an egg on a burger from a fast food joint, though. No. No. I do like the egg on a burger, though. That is good. But that's lunch. You see, it doesn't turn into a breakfast burger. It's not True. a breakfast sandwich. That's a that's a lunch or a dinner. Shay. All right, the last thing we have here is Joe Buck, Tim McCarver. If you're a baseball fan, you can hear that calling the World Series many in October. Uh, Tim McCarver passed away yesterday. 34 years ago, my obligation shifted from the field and the players to the booth and to you, the viewers. Fairness and accuracy and honesty have always been my goals, along with teaching you something you may not have known about this great game. I hope I've achieved those things crazy tim mccarver passed away the voice of baseball for a long time and i know that in the 90s you heard a lot of us on the radio saying oh tim mccarver is just stating the obvious you know it's not a special broadcaster tim mccarver actually was teaching the game and for a diehard it might have felt like oh so remedial why is he just telling us you know why you gotta have two hands on the ball when you're an outfielder or you know something something called by the umpire tim mccarver was actually teaching the game to those that would be new to the game or try to love the game so Rest in peace, Tim McCarver, uh, who I enjoyed as a color analyst. He was just had this homespun charm with uh, with uh, Joe Buck, and I thought they made a great combination. Shane Orling, what else? Give me another one. No, we got to go to break, Cody. We got to get to the cap and hood cut of the day. We got things to do on the other side. I need to know how many I had left there. 
I thought I thought we did good. I think that's seven. We had some items from earlier in the week. We got the four I wanted to highlight. That was good. Okay. I just don't want to be accused of of um, you know bottlenecking the show because I because I talked too much and we didn't get to everything we wanted to get to. Let's get to Tracy Butler. Speaking of everything we want to get to, no problem there. That's coming up next on Cap and J Hood. Come on in there, Tracy. All right, here we go. You're listening to Cap and J Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Cap and J Hood weekday mornings at seven here on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. We're going to cross talk with Black and Abdallah coming your way at ten o'clock. But first, it's time for the cut of the day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! All right, a little personal bit here in Shot or No Shot. It affects us as a show. Something happened to me at home. We were going to have a nice little Friday. We were going to kick things off with some sweets, have a little party this morning in the studio. Yeah. My mother, the sweetest woman, uh, heard me on the radio talking about how I would like to get some Girl Scout cookies. So she took it upon herself to get Girl Scout cookies and ship them here to Chicago. They arrived. Uh, they were supposed to arrive this week. So I was going to bring them in today, this morning. Hoodie, you get a box. Jay Moore, you get a box. I'll take a box. I'll go upstairs. I'll get some people who want Girl Scout cookies. Boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Awesome. Here's what happens. The package gets stolen off my porch. This pissed me off this morning. Can I, know. I If you want Girl Scout cookies so badly, you're going to steal mine. Knock on my door. I'll give you $5. It's $5 for a box of Girl Scout cookies. What are you stealing them off my porch for? What does that do for you? If you want Girl Scout cookies that bad, I'll give you five bucks. Don't steal the ones my mother sent for me in the show. What the hell are we doing in the world? If you see a box of Girl Scout cookies on someone's porch, leave them on the damn porch. What the hell is happening in this society, in this world, where people are stealing my Girl Scout cookies off of my patio? A lot of thoughts there from Shane Norling on behalf of Girl Scouts everywhere. There you have it, the cut of the day, proudly brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. And there you have it. (laughs) There you have it, Tracy Butler. Oh, my gosh. Does your mom know? Yeah, we talked about it. I'm so sad. This poor woman, she sends these Girl Scout cookies so we can give them out at the station. She wants to treat everybody on the show and in the building to some nice Girl Scout cookies. Pays for the boxes, pays to ship them. Also, they can be stolen. Yes. And just like the news, there's bad news and then there's worse news with the weather. Here's (laughs) Tracy Butler from ABC7 Eyewitness News. She joins us here on ESPN 1000. A little chilly this morning. Tracy, it's all your fault. Oh, give me a break, Cap. I mean, yeah, give me a break. (laughs) Um... I am so upset about this story. Yes. This is terrible. Okay, Tracy. This should have been a news story. This goes to the I-team. Oh, my God. We need to take the cookie stolen to the I-team. Now, see, this is good content. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm Chuck Gowdy. I mean, mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. You don't do that when you're standing up there when they give you the bad news. (laughs) That shooting's terrible. You, 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 don't do, you don't do that. Oh, good gravy. I sure do. Oh, I don't think you do. I no. Are you I, kidding me? I don't think I've ever seen you do that. I think they say, all right, so 
Uh, really a sad story there. Here's Tracy. Well, well, even more sad news. Typically, they try not to put the more upsetting, disturbing stories right before me. Yes. Thank goodness. But I, I, I'm, I'm feeling very distraught right now about the cookies. I think you should march uh, Shay Norling right into the newsroom with that story. <laughs> a special interest story. Listen here, people. <laughs> think, Get Chuck Gowdy on this right now. I think that'd be great. <laughs> so ridiculous. Tracy Butler from ABC7. Eyewitness News with us every Friday to update us on what's going on with the weather for the weekend. So I'm a little chilly, but I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Because well. I know it's going to get better, right, Tracy? You know what? It is. That's ah. a great lead-in. Thank you so much. Yeah, kind of a cold one out there today. Temperatures in the 20s. Uh, and wind chills are going to be in the teens through the rest of the afternoon. But if you want to get your car washed, the weekend is the weekend to do it. Oh. Lots of sunshine tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Lots of sunshine Sunday. We're looking at highs Probably low 40s tomorrow, kind of windy. Sunday may be the better day to wash your car. We don't have football to watch on Sunday. True. Uh, we have golf, though. But, um, yeah, I think Sunday will be the better day to wash the car. And you'll probably be able to get a couple of days in where you don't have to worry about the rain or snow washing it away. I have rain in from maybe late Tuesday into Wednesday. That's not so bad. Yeah. You can enjoy your clean car at least for a few days. Exactly. See that? Yes. Outstanding. Thank you, Tracy. Now a fire on the south side. We'll go right now to Judy Sue, who's standing by. Judy, what's going on out there? <laughs> Excuse me how that works, doesn't it? It is. No, that is not always how it works. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. Tracy, looks like it's a little chilly out there. That's awesome. All right. We turn now to... <laughs> As if you were never on. Like, wait a minute. Tracy no, gave us... because the- usually I'm tossing to Roz or Diane to do traffic after yes. that. So... yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, you know, hey, Tracy, a little chilly out there. <laughs> All right. Roz Barron is at the, at the auto show. Roz, what's going on out there? Bad news at the auto show? Are those cookies coming into the station? I don't know. I see boxes of something coming in. I don't know what it is. It is boxes. You're right. I don't know if I they're see cookies, boxes. though. I do not know what they are. In this building, who knows what it is? This is true. It's so unpredictable. You never know. <laughs> so, uh, Morega, California, I asked you about the UIC Plains baseball teams out there. Nice and warm. Central California? Central California. That works, right? I think so. Nice weather. Hopefully not raining. <laughs> the, the coach from UIC is hoping that you can give a nice forecast for the opening day on March 7th. Okay, here's the thing, and we were talking about this because I asked you, when do the UIC Flames begin their home season? You said March 7th. Yeah. The pattern I was looking at is for below average temperatures, maybe that week. And what is the threshold for them to be able to play? 32. 32. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Day game, though, 405. Maybe they can get it in. It's the old 405. Maybe it'll be 33. <laughs> We're rooting for it. <laughs> so frustrating. Good times. Good times. We thank you so much for listening and calling and twitching and being part of the program here. On Cap and J Hood. We've had a great week. Cap will return on Monday. We thank our guests that we had on the show. We had Kendall Gill, we had Tracy Butler, we had Courtney Cronin be with us as well. Our executive producer of Cap and J Hood is Shade Norling, along with Jay Moore on the ones and twos. We have got Black and Abdallah coming up next. For Cap, I am Jay Hood. We'll do this again Monday at 7 o'clock with another edition of the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Tracy We'll also give the weekend weather coming up next. And then a fire on the west side (laughs) on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. And so long, everybody. Say take that. Take that. From Chicago.